The Best in Class podcast is here with a combine breakdown like you have never heard before. Sean Sullivan, the JoeBucksFan.com draft guru. He's also the general manager at Bill Curry Ford in Tampa, Tampa's first family of Ford. Sean has got a different angle, a different take, a different perspective on his combine breakdowns. You don't hear this stuff anywhere else, but it is right here on the Best in Class podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Look up Best in Class podcast with Sean Sullivan. The links are right at JoeBucksFan.com. Of course, Sean comes at this with a Bucks-loving slant, so he's always looking for angles with the Bucks, which is what makes it extra interesting to me and to us here at JoeBucksFan.com. Enjoy. Here's Sean. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Best in Class with Sean Sullivan. Tom Brady is a Buccaneer. So congratulations to Buccaneers fans. We get another year of winning football. Thank you for tuning in to Bill Curry Ford, uh, coming live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa. Please follow us at Bill Curry Tampa, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all those things. Please uh, leave me reviews at my podcast on Joe Bucks Fan. Please give me some reviews. I love it. Good, bad, whatever. Uh, it is a five-star broadcast. I was going to put, out, put that out to you. Put a lot of work into it. But I'm very excited about Brady coming back. Jensen's already back in the fold. So baby powder stock just went up because he's going to be buying a bunch of it. So congratulations uh, to um, all of the baby powder companies. We're going to see a rise in stock. So a very exciting time at Bill Curry Ford. The construction's going very, very well. Please visit us at BillCurryFord.com if you'd like to see a video of the new store. I've leaked about a 10-second video on what the store is going to look like. I have a full two-minute video that will get released over time. It is amazing. We are working with several partners right now to give Tampa the best dealership that it deserves, uh, the best amenities. Looking forward to um, the faces when people actually see what we're building. I can't wait for that. Also, right now uh, in the month of March starts our our season. So it's like March Madness in the car business. I'm very excited about all the things we have coming. But most importantly, what I really want you to grasp is with the shortage of semiconductors in the world right now, ordering a car is really the best way to do this. You can have your car within 12 weeks. You're going to be able to get it with a lifetime warranty from Bill Curry Ford. It's going to be a no-hassle pickup and delivery process. And you get $150 in gift cards when you order a car from Bill Curry Ford. So just to sum it up, you would like to buy an F-150. It's the number one selling car for 46 years in a row. You come in and say, I'd like a King Ranch, and I'd like it to be four-wheel drive, and I'd like it to have a 331, and I'd like it to have a 3.5 EcoBoost, and I'd like my name to come in on it. We can make all of those things happen and give you the lifetime nationwide lifetime warranty, 10-year roadside assistance, and I require no deposits. And then when you come in, I will give you $150 worth of gift cards. So very exciting stuff going on at Bill Curry Ford. I'd like to try to get up to five or 600 orders a month. That's really much my goal is to, is to probably have 10 to 15 people raising their hands a day. And then Ford will give me more than my fair share of cars, which is uh, very exciting. And then I will give you guys the warranty, the savings and the gift cards. And you're never going to find a better um, staff to deal with. If you guys go on Google and you and you see our reviews, Grace does an amazing job of, of talking to our customers at gthomas at billcurry.com. I'm available to you at bestinclass at billcurry.com if you have any emails that have to do with the car business or football. I'm game on both. What we're going to do today is we're going to go over the NFL Combine. I took a lot of notes. Uh, I'd like to go over my notes with you, uh, kind of like an unconventional type of deal where it's going to be different than any other podcast that you're listening to or what you're following on NFL Network or ESPN or any of these other places. They're very 
scheduled with how they do things and they make sure that all the information is exactly the same across all of the things. Well, throw all that out. I'm eyeballing this thing. We're going to go through my notes, which I think are very interesting. And I'm going to give you a completely different perspective, which is super fun. Uh, not to mention the fact that this is a passion of mine. I'm actually really good at it. I, I, I wrote a couple of articles for Joe Bucks fan, which, which is really terrific for me about my favorite running back in this draft is uh, Richard White out of Arizona State. And the reason why he's my favorite is because he has the best hands and he's going to probably go in the third round, which is which is really great with Brady coming back. He can finally get his third down back that he's wanted. And then obviously James Cook is another one that I wrote about, about uh, fixing a mistake that happened in 2017 with the drafting of O.J. Howard when we, had a, when we had a Cam Brate that was ready to go and in his prime. And we could have had a Dalvin Cook to a, an auto, and a great offense. Who knows if Jameis would still be here if he had a Pro Bowl running back. Who knows? But I know Brady would have looked good with Dalvin Cook behind him. But anyway, can't build a time machine. Jason Light's done an amazing job with this team. And uh, I'm just super picky when it comes to the draft. I always, I'm always, i always going to be. Jason can keep winning Super Bowls. I'm still going to critique his draft picks. That's just going to be me. All right? So let's get into it. So let's talk about the combine for a second. We had the fastest combine in the history uh, of all combines, right? So more 40 times under 4.4 than in history, all different types of position groups that ran terrific times, which these guys are now better prepared for the NFL combine than ever before. They have agents and trainers training them for months and months after the the league is over, after college football. A lot of them skip the bowl games. You, know, you already know how I feel about the Kyle Trask situation. When they skip the bowl games, they constantly now train for bench press reps. They train for, you know, the three cone. They train for the 40 yard. They, they train for the, um, the long jump, that kind of stuff. The standing jump, whatever they call it. They, they train for all these athletic testings. But at the end of the day, you can say all you want about how fast a guy is, how tall he is, how thick he is, how many bench presses he does, he did. But what did he do in college football? Did it translate onto the field? For every John Ross who broke the NFL Combine record and Darius Haywood Bay, which was the fastest receiver in his draft, who were absolute busts, for all those guys, I can show you all the Cooper Cups, which ran a 4.65 at the Combine and was Super Bowl MVP last year. I can give you many, many examples of why you can't just take one or the other. You have to have dominated in college football at your position and then the testing is kind of like, hey, checkmark this guy. The guy prepared well. When somebody asks me what a college degree means in the, in the auto industry, it's very simple. I don't look at, at a person and say that you need a college education or a master's degree to go into finance or to go into other places in the, in the auto industry. What I do look at is it takes discipline to get a degree. It takes hard work and dedication and time and energy that a lot of people don't want to devote. So the college degree actually shows all, it doesn't show that you're smarter than anybody in the room. It just shows you that at that point in time in your life, you were more dedicated than others and spent the time and maturity to get it done. Same thing with the combine. In my opinion, the college football is, is what it is on paper. And then how you perform at the combine is kind of like checking those boxes. Did he prepare for the, for the bench press? Did he prepare for the 40? Did he prepare for the three cone? And if, if the answer is yes to those, it shows me that he's a committed athlete, that he's committed to doing well, and he's committed to um, his next team. So that's all I'm looking for in this. So let's get started, right? So tight end that I've never heard of out of Maryland, 6'2", uh, 240. His name is Shigo Ziem Okanowo, okay? I apologize. That is, uh, I've never seen that many consonants together without a vowel. There's not much I can do about it. Um, 
That's not what I, I'm not a, lingu, a linguistics master, right, Grace? That's definitely not my deal. But he ran a 4-5-2-40. He had 52 receptions. He was like the star of the tight end group when it first started. And in my notes, you know what I wrote? I didn't write about how fast he was at his size. 6-2-2-40, is fine. He definitely looks the part, but he slowed down to catch the ball in the gauntlet. Let me explain to you why the gauntlet is important. It's not important uh, if you catch the ball or don't catch the ball. What is important is, can you run a straight line? Can you catch it cleanly? And where is your balance? What I'm looking for in receivers, running backs, and tight ends is balance. When they catch the ball, can they turn up the field without slipping and falling? If you watch the combine, lots of guys caught the ball. But then when they went to actually make a football move, they fell down or they they missed a step or they couldn't accelerate off the line. These are all things you guys have to pay attention to when you're watching the combine. It's obvious to watch for a double catch. It's obvious to watch a guy that looks like he's a drunk driver going down the line. He's going left. He's going right. He's going left. All of those things are about balance. Do I have a football player that can run full speed? If you go back and look at Cooper Cup, he ran full speed down the line. And he caught the ball with ease. And there were some terrific wide receivers and tight ends and running backs that did that. And this Okonowo guy ran a 4.52. The announcers are going nuts. The guy only caught 52 balls at, at, at Maryland, which means he didn't dominate at his position at Maryland. And he slowed down to catch the ball. When you slow down to catch the ball, right, it means you're lacking confidence in your hands. It means it's a lack of confidence. And that's a, so this is a guy that is a guy that needs to sit behind somebody and grow and, and learn and develop. My problem is this guy's going to get drafted higher because somebody went, he ran a four, five, two at 240 pounds. Okay. Jelani Woods, right? Six, seven, 265 out of Virginia, ran a four, six, one. Let me just tell you something about this, uh, Jelani Woods. This guy was like the star of the combine. Another guy that came out of the tight end group that said, we didn't know how fast this guy could run. I believe that he's, um, associated in Tampa with um, a former Buccaneer training staff, which now trains tight ends for the Combine, who was very high on this gentleman. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't have its permission, but there are trainers who train these guys specifically for the Combine. This guy is a terrific athlete. He's 6'7", very tall, 265. He had solid hands in the gauntlet. I, I, I feel like that was really great that he caught the ball. He caught the ball running a good speed. Here's my problem. At 6'7", his leverage for blocking is, is – he's, he's tall and slender 6'7". It's not like that he's like a gronk where he just looks like a mountain of a man, right? This is a big man, but he doesn't look as big because he's a little narrow around the hips. And when you look at him, he can't get down low enough on the, on, on the blocking drills. I didn't like his leverage at all. Now, that can be taught, but here's what can't be taught. Feet. And when he was catching the ball, he has very little control over where his feet are while he's catching the ball. Near the sideline, the over-the-shoulder catches. He's like he's like a an amazing athlete, but his legs are so long. And he has such long strides. I really think that that the longer passes are going to be a concern with Jelani Woods. I think that if you're going to keep him near the line of scrimmage and he's going to catch those five and six-yard passes for first downs, and I think if you can get him to figure out how to how to block with leverage. I think that he has an opportunity to be a terrific player. But right now, I don't, I don't see him as a, as one of the top tight ends and that could change. But just because you did well at the, at the combine doesn't automatically make you a first round draft pick. And I understand a lot of these guys are saying, this is a guy that could fall in the draft to the box at 6'7, 265. Cause I know we're looking for a tight end. I know Jason Light's looking for a tight end for sure. 
but there are better uh, um, there's better opportunities for us, and I'm going to go over them. So Jake Ferguson is a guy I've talked about out of Wisconsin. He de- he's the best run blocking tight end in college football. He ran a slower forty time, which would not be slow any other any other year. But in this year, apparently everybody you know um, took like uh, the flash coaching, and all of a sudden became super fast. But anyway, Jake Ferguson, best run blocking tight end in the draft, has amazing hands. He just looks. He just looks the part. And Wisconsin is a run-first offense. I really think that if we're going to go, if Gronk's definitely coming back, guys. He's coming back. The guy's been working out at one buck place. Brady's coming back. Gronk's coming back. So what are you looking for in your second tight end right now? Do you need a spectacular catcher, influencer like a Trey McBride, something like that? Or do you need a guy that's going to be in on, on run blocking? Because I think playoff Lenny probably comes back now. Jake Ferguson is a great bet. Fourth round, fifth round is a steal. All right? Trey McBride, speaking of Trey McBride out of Colorado State, my goodness, is his hand soft. Mr. McBride, for goodness sakes, the guy's hands were better than most of the receivers that I saw at the combine. Wow, is the only thing I can say about him. If he falls to the second or third round, I don't know how he could because I think that he should be the number one uh, tight end taken. I don't know how he could drop. But if for some reason this guy drops... Uh, I, I think Jason Light's going to be all over him. Those hands are incredible. If you guys watch the movie Major League, you know, where, uh, not Major League, what was the, the football movie where they put tar on his hands and he could catch the football? Oh, it's escaping me right now. Great football movie. So anyway, it looks like they put tar on Trey McBride's hands. He was unbelievable, incredible. Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State is just a strong man. He's the best blo- overall blocker in the entire draft. He only caught 31 balls, but he really opened my eyes with his hands. Um, this guy's just known as that guy, hey, go over there and block their best uh, defensive player and, not, and knock him out of the game. That's this guy. Big, strong. You should see, if you guys go back and watch the combine, watch Daniel Bellinger. Watch what he does to the stationary uh, blocker. He's the only guy that picked it up, lifted it, and then drove it back like eight feet. Like it was nothing. He'd, and then he t- almost turned it over on its side. When he was disengaging, he almost turned it on its side. The guy is a beast. Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State. Again, another guy like Jake Ferguson who's going to be a fourth or fifth round pick. Another guy that I didn't know much about was uh, Connor Hayward. Everybody knows that he's, you know, the, his famous brother plays for the Steelers, right? So he's a little short at 5'11 for a tight end, but he was he returned kicks and punts as a tight end. He's a super athlete. Um, he reminds me of every single person that uh, Bill Belichick has ever drafted uh, for the Patriots. He's one of those guys that can be an H-back tight end. His hands are fantastic. He had a couple of sideline catches that look, made him look like a receiver. I was very impressed with him. I don't know what he's going to do in the NFL. I think it's going to be more fullback related than tight end. But he he definitely belongs on a, on a roster. Um, Greg Doldrich. Uh, the, the UCLA uh, tight end, which is uh, moving up uh, Mel Kuyper's draft boards as the number one overall best tight end. He was super fast in the gauntlet. He ran full speed, caught the ball really, really well. He caught the ball really well down the field. I think he's going to probably be the first tight end taken. Even though I think Trey McBride has better hands, I think that Doldrich gives you really terrific size and speed at the position with the hands, and he can block. So I put in there he's pretty much like an all-around guy. Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina, another guy, ran solid, caught solid, blocked solid. I thought – I actually put in my notes Swiss Army Knife. I really thought that he didn't do anything spectacular. He just did everything terrific. 
right? So as I, as I was saying before, if Daniel Bellinger is the best all-around blocker and Trey McBride has the best hands and Jake Perkinson's the best run blocker, then Isaiah likely can do it all. I don't think that he's a star, but I think that he's just a solid NFL starter, Swiss Army knife. So congratulations to Isaiah Likely. Moving on to the wide receivers. My notes on Calvin Austin. He was the Memphis kid that everybody's talking about. He ran a 4-3-2, which was blazing. Traylon Burks out of Arkansas is just huge. He definitely is built more like a tight end um, than he is a, a receiver. And, and I really don't care about his slow running time and his lack of athletic ability. If you put on the tape, the guy's a superstar. So I don't know what people are talking about with Traylon Burks. Um, he didn't run as fast as people like. He didn't do as many bench presses as people like. His 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 jump wasn't wasn't very athletic. Put the tape on, guys. The guy dominated at Arkansas, and he's a day one starter in the NFL, and he's a superstar. Uh, Jahan Dotson, which is my favorite receiver in this draft overall because of draft position and what he can do, I think he's just the smoothest runner that I've seen in a long time. My goodness, is he smooth. It doesn't even look like he's moving. It's like he's like the road runner. It's like you don't see his feet moving, you know, in the road runner cartoon where you just see a cloud and you're like, hey, I don't know. Yes, he's fast. I get it. He, you know, he ran a, a sub 4-4. Four, four. I'm not even talking about that. He doesn't stumble. He doesn't lose his balance. It's like he was made for this position. He's just smooth. I mean, he might as well be carrying a beer with him the whole time. I mean, without spilling it. I mean, the guy is, I, I understand why he's a great kick returner and great punt returner. His balance is, is out of this world. So super impressed with him. Velas Jones Jr. clocked a 4-3-5. We talked about him after our Senior Bowl um, wrap-up. What I did not know is Bruce Arian said he was the best blocker uh, in the NFL draft. And you know how how the Buccaneers and Bruce feel about blocking guys. Like Chris Godwin's a terrific blocker in the slot. This guy, Velas Jones, is like 26 years old. He's an older player. Ran a 4-3-5. He's considered to be the best blocker at the wide receiver position. And he's a kick returner, punt returner. There's a guy to keep an eye on in the later rounds. That if we don't get somebody like Jahan Dotson, which now with Tom Brady, if I was Tom Brady and I came back to the Bucks, I'd be saying to them, hey, I need a I need another wide receiver to take Antonio Brown's spot. Jahan Dotson fits that. But if they don't and they go defensive tackle in the first round or they go corner in this corner and they need another starter, I understand that. But Velas Jones Jr. is the guy that fixes our punt and kick return uh, issues, and and he can get downfield and stretch it. And he's the best blocker in the draft. We'll see. Sky Moore is another guy the Bucks interviewed. He ran a four three nine out of Western Michigan. You guys. I'm not even going to get into this long conversation about why I don't like receivers from small schools. We did it again last year with Jalen Darden out of North Texas, and you guys all saw the results of that. Chris Alave out of Ohio State ran a 4-2-6. He only ran one time because that's a blazing time. There's no way he makes it to 27. I've seen him mock to the Bucks over and over again. I'm like, do these guys think that an Ohio State ride receiver who's healthy, who has one of the best hands in the draft, he's considered a top five, Right, and then ran a four two six is going to last until the twenty seventh pick in the first round. You guys are nuts. I, and if it does, there's some there's some background that only Jason Light knows about why he said the only general managers are going to know because it sure is not going to be on the on the on the field. That guy's incredible. Khalil Shakur, we talked about him already uh, in the Senior Bowl wrap up out of Boise State. He ran a four three five. He's one of the best blockers in the slot. A lot of people are are saying that he's like a Cooper Cup like receiver just because of his hands and his blocking ability. But 
I don't understand the comparison because Cooper Cup is a four six five guy who runs amazing routes, and Khalil Shakur is not. He just is a blazer at four three five and and can block. So I'm not quite sure, but I think that that guy might if he drops in the and that might be another guy that uh, Jason Light looks at to stretch the field. Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor, he ran a four two one. Here's my problem with this. They say he ran a four two one, fastest guy at the combine, all this law and stuff, right? What did he do at Baylor? Did you guys ever hear about him before the draft combine? Anybody? Because I, I know I watched a lot of Baylor games, and I because I watch a lot of college football. He doesn't strike you as a guy that runs a four two one, and he's not a superstar. With his size, strength, and speed, he should be dominating at that level, and he's not. That worries me. Like like where were you? You know, in this whole deal. So I'm I'm always going to be cautious of those John Ross guys or those Hayward Bade guys that run that run and have size and speed, and then they just didn't didn't just didn't translate. I don't get it. Christian Watson out of North um, Dakota State University. I need to do a lot more studying on this guy. We talked about him after the Senior Bowl. His size, he's Mike Evans' size, a little bit faster than Mike Evans. Had really soft hands. He catches the ball extremely well. This is a guy that had like a fourth round grade on him, which now people are talking about him in the first round. That's how much this guy's moved up his his draft status. I mean, that is amazing. Congratulations to Christian Watson. Again, size, speed, did he dominate at North Dakota? Did he dominate? I, I Listen, this guy came on the radar right after the season ended. It wasn't like he was... Um, prepared like he was a superstar, like say an, an Alave or a Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, the, or you know any of the uh, Alabama receivers that got hurt. I mean, it is what it is. Um, as far as QBs are concerned, I only had did a couple of notes. We've talked about the QBs, and I'm going to break this down before the NFL draft. Anyway, we're going to have a free agency podcast next week, and then I'm gonna, after the free agency podcast, we're going to break right into breaking down each position going into the draft, which is. Really great stuff. You guys are going to be super interested in it. So Sam Howe out of North Carolina. Obviously, we all know he can run. At the senior bowl, he played extremely well. But as far as reading defenses, I mean, we're all going to talk about Malik Willis and how strong his arm is. He didn't complete 60% of his passes at Liberty. He definitely looks like a man amongst boys. I get all of those things. Here's the thing about Sam Howe. The ball came out so fast. There was no problem with his delivery. There was no, it's no, there's, it's not an elongated throwing motion. We're talking about a fast, compact Drew Brees type throw who can also run the ball. I'm sorry that everybody's sleeping on Sam Howe. I talked to Lee DeKemper about this from Joe Bucks fan, and he was like, man, I, I'm not impressed with Sam Howe. I said, I, I totally get that this senior year at, at Carolina, he did not play his best football. His junior year, he would have been a top five NFL draft pick when he had all those stars around him. He might be one of those guys like um, Baker, or you know, that needs good players around him to be successful. But what I saw out of him was how fast he was reading defenses reminded me of Drew Brees. There's, that's a guy to look out for, I'm telling you, is Sam Howell of North Carolina. Uh, Malik Willis, I said he's I, – I, my only notes about him is he's a man. I mean, there's nothing else you can say. That guy is built. I mean, his arm, just a flick of a wrist. Um, but his accuracy – I'm, I'm going to go on this and on this and on this. It's hard to make a guy accurate. Is Malik Willis the next Lamar um, Jackson where it's going to be one read and then run? Which I don't mind. The, the guy was an MVP of the NFL. So, I mean, that happens. But can Malik Willis 
complete enough passes to make his running ability good. And I think he's a developmental project, and I guess we'll see. I wrote down some other notable stuff, like Ty Chandler, the running back in North Carolina. He's not getting a lot of publicity. Shifty guy ran a 4.38. Brees Hall, everybody knows about. Right now, he's sitting at the number one running back. Uh, he ran under a 4.4. Zemir White's another guy out of Georgia that people are really sleeping on. You know, I, th- I wrote an article about James Cook, about what I think about him, about him um, in this offense with somebody like Tom Brady throwing him little digs. Ira was all excited about, um, you know, the Cincinnati Bengal that came over. Can you imagine James Cook in this offense um, catching little screen passes? Um, as you know, James Cook is not my favorite running back for the Bucks. I think the best fit is Rashard White out of Arizona State, and I'm going to continue on that. And now that we have Brady back, I just think it just makes so much sense to have a guy that's 6'3", that can run and catch, has the best hands in the draft. He instantly gives Brady that out that he's always wanted. Um, out of here. Another couple of um, things. Devontae Price out of Florida International, local boy, uh, did terrific. 4-3-8. Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State, who was considered when we came out of the offseason to be the top running back. He's been surpassed, obviously. You know, and a guy that didn't have a, a good combine was Spiller. And, you know, I, I saw that the Bucks interviewed him, and he's an interesting, uh, definitely Isaiah Spiller, he's definitely an interesting um, candidate because he's he really gets behind his blocks, follows them well. And can be and can be explosive, even though his forty time wasn't explosive. As far as the wide receivers go, I mean, you had some. You had Bo Melton out of Rutgers run a four three four. Danny Gray ran a four three three. These guys are fast guys. I I just didn't see their production in college. Uh, Garrett Wilson's a guy I talked about. Garrett Wilson is probably the best wide receiver in this NFL draft. Uh, if you guys don't know who Garrett Wilson is, please watch the tape. He ran a four three eight. Played at Ohio State. Chris Olave gets a lot of pub, but Garrett Wilson's probably the star. Here's a guy for the Bucks at wide receiver that I wrote in my notes. Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati ran a 4-4-1. He's Mike Evans' size. Can you imagine like uh, an Evans, uh, Godwin, and then Alec Pierce on the outside? I mean, you would have all the height and, and, and long arms, the ability to separate, I mean, and red zone targets. And then you have Gronk in the middle. Uh, wow. I mean, that would be terrific. Uh, Sky Moore. A guy that the, out of Western Michigan was a guy that Bucks talked to. He ran a four four one. Everybody knows who he is now. He's not a secret anymore. I I, I don't like his size as much as I like um, you know Alec Pierce's size, but that is what it is. Jahan Dotson again are, is very similar in size to Sky Moore, but Jahan Dotson just gives you that smooth athlete that I think is going to be incredible for us. Again, Traylon Burks. I talked about him earlier. Ran a four five five. I'm not. I, I really don't care what he runs on tape. He's one of the best receivers, if not one of the best receiver in this draft. I don't have him as the best receiver. Some people do. But he is a first-round draft pick, and he's going to be a difference maker. I think I think he's uh, in- incredible. We talked about Christian Watson. I had a couple more notes on him, um, which I thought was really uh, interesting. He had a, a, an 11-4 uh, broad jump, which is, puts him in the top 99% uh, tile of athletes. Uh, we talked about Malik Willis and how easy he is to throw the ball. The only thing, the only person that I didn't write a lot of notes about was Isaiah Ryder out of uh, Cincinnati. So here's a guy that looks like he interviewed extremely well. If you read all the publications on him, he was probably the best interview at the quarterback position. And a lot of people are sleeping on this guy. If you look at his stats and his accuracy and the fact that he can run, I, I, I think he struggles a little bit with, with some arch on the ball. I think he struggles with some passes over 30 yards. But I think that can be worked on. But his overall accuracy is very good. I think he's a true professional. 
and he reminds me a lot of how people were sleeping on Dak Prescott uh, coming in the NFL draft. So we'll see if Isaiah Ryder is that rare athlete that that people miss and he gets drafted in the second or third round and then it becomes an NFL starter, which would be wonderful for him. Uh, and then Kenny Pickett, who was the number one quarterback in the draft. Everybody is talking about that. I mean, everybody can talk about Malik Willis or whatever. Potential-wise, yes, he's got a lot of potential. But uh, Kenny Pickett is just a solid um, quarterback from day one. Don't forget that Dan Marino endorsed him. And, and it's because he's out of the University of Pittsburgh. Dan Marino endorsed two quarterbacks since he's been retired. One was Justin Herbert, who was my boy, who's out of Oregon. And the other one just happens to be Kenny Pickett. So I'm sorry, I'm not sleeping on Dan Marino. If he says this is the guy's real deal, I'm drafting him. I don't care about the gloves. He can wear Michael Jackson gloves. I don't care what he does. Uh, as long as the ball gets into the receiver's hands for touchdowns, that's really great stuff. All right, what's my time, Grace? Uh, minutes. All right, so we're good. So that was my recap of the uh, NFL Combine. I hope you enjoyed it. I went into depth on some players that I think you guys need to know about that you might not get from the national media. Um, and then I think my notes uh, pretty much said it. Some guys... Just remember, the NFL Combine is just about looking at a guy's balance if, uh, through the gauntlet, looking at how a guy handles uh, coaching, how he handles interviews, and just like college, and just, he has the discipline to, to research it. Like, give you one more instance before I log off. There were several offensive tackles that only did 11 reps uh, of 225. My problem with that is they've had all of this time to prepare where somebody like Calvin Austin or um, somebody like uh, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State who, who out-bench presses offensive tackles, okay? Running backs should not be out-benching offensive tackles. That's my concern. My concern is, okay, you have a weak upper body. What are you doing? Why are you, If you're 300 pounds, why are you not training? Why are you not in the gym? Why are you not eating right? I think that's the, what it comes down to through it all. So please visit us at uh, BillCurryFord.com. Go on there, see all of our specials. Please order a car. You can order a car without even coming into the dealership. I'll send you your gift cards right through the mail. You're going to see some amazing stuff going on right now in the next 30 days. We're going to have a new show open by April 16th. That's very exciting. Uh, and then the rest of the store will start. Please follow us at Bill Curry Tampa, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, listen, Joe Bucks fans exploding, guys. It's everywhere. So it's a privilege to be uh, linked to Joe Bucks fan. A privilege to be on their website, and I want to thank the Curry family for allowing me to do my dream and run their car dealerships. That's fantastic, and they're great people. Please uh, go on and look at Curry Cares, which is our 41 active charities. G. Thomas at BillCurry.com will help you with any local charity events that you would like to get involved in. We are very active in our community, and I hope you guys have a terrific day and a great drive home. I'll see you next week for our free agent breakdown.